0: From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show.
1: Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. It is with great pleasure. We bring in my good friend, General Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, a Fox News senior strategic presidential medal of freedom recipient. I was in the Oval Office when he got that wonderful award. General Keene, thank you, sir. We appreciate it.
0: Delighted to be here, Larry, with you and your audience.
1: Yes, thanks again. Um sir, I want to I'll start off uh with the expansion Israel is expanding its ground operations, the air strikes are intensifying. Just want to get your thoughts and your assessment of this particular stage of the war. Let's begin there, sir.
0: Yeah, well, certainly I I think it's uh much of what has taken place now is really a major shaping operation for the the subsequent invasion, and, and I think paying close attention to what what they're targeting, they they're, they're trying to take down as much of the 300 miles of tunnel complex that exists in Gaza, which is certainly formidable and and, and quite unusual uh, in urban warfare to have anything that that, that is that expensive. Um, so you know they have obviously. Uh, You know, penetration bombs that can reach there, assuming they have good intelligence. So a lot of of that deals with that. They've conducted a number of raids and a more expanded operation uh, last night. And and those are really focused on uh, what we refer to as actionable intelligence. In other words, they have a target to go to that they know exists, and they want to take that down now as part of the preparation uh, for the invasion itself and then destroy that target and leave. And so we'll see um, the ground invasion coming, and, and it's going to take time because they've assigned themselves a very challenging objective, something they've never given themselves before, Larry, and that is to dismantle Hamas as a military terrorist organization, which means kill or capture most all of them, and certainly its leaders for sure, and then eliminate it as a political entity uh, governing Hamas itself and replace it uh, with, with something else, which implies some occupation of Gaza for at least some period of time, something certainly uh, the government and the IDF has not wanted to do, uh, but they don't really have much of a, a choice in it now.
1: Mm. And the full ground invasion may be a ways off.
0: Yeah, I don't know when that is. I mean, this is the time clock the Israelis are on. Uh, I think uh, they're trying to facilitate the humanitarian aid as much as possible and and get many of the citizens away from the main battle area. Uh, those are factors in it, and also I think there's another factor that you know they really don't talk about too much for obvious reasons is how so much do they really know about the hostages, what has taken place in terms of negotiations and also what has taken place in terms of a detailed plan to attempt the rescue. So those those are complicated factors which have slowed down the timing of the invasion.
1: General Kane, I want to switch gears slightly. Um, This uh, this uh, U.S. attack on some unmanned ammo or whatever they are, munitions depots, uh, is Iran and its proxies have been firing on American military assets. Um, I guess they've, they've killed one contractor, but they've injured a bunch of people, a couple of dozen. People Uh, and the both the Secretary of Defense Austin and also an Obama spokesman, uh, John Kirby, have this argument that um, we don't seek a conflict with Iran, we we don't want any hostilities with Iran, and uh, General Austin said the same thing, and I just thought that this is an incredibly weak response. By the United States. I mean, Iran and its terror uh, people are at war with the U.S., and they will continue to keep firing at U.S. military assets. I mean, what is your thought about this? Why are we so reluctant? Why are we so worried about their escalating? Why aren't they worried that we will escalate the conflict and take it right to Iran, which is the center of this awful war?
0: No, Larry, I totally agree with you. I mean you put your finger right on the problem. You know, so our audience understands the United States still has a very modest presence in Iraq and Syria. In Iraq it's about twenty five hundred soldiers, not involved in direct combat, but in the assisting the Iraqi security forces, the purpose of which is to make certain that ISIS does not rise again. And also nine hundred soldiers in Syria Doing the same work in in eastern Syria, so a very modest force. ISIS has aspirations, as we all know, to attack America and its interests. So we've maintained very modest forces around the world to stamp down only those radical Islamist movements that had aspirations to hurt us. Multiple presidents have made the same decision, and I agree with it. We have a force less than a thousand in East Africa for the same reason. We have special ops guys very close to Yemen to go after the al-Qaeda in Yemen for the same reason. So what is taking place here, Larry? The Iran' strategic objective is to dominate and control the Middle East and also control the flow of oil out of the Persian Gulf. And since 1980s, when they took power, they have said that to achieve those strategic ends, there are two objectives that we must accomplish. One is to drive U.S. forces out of the region. And they have been at that since the early bombings in, in Beirut at the Marine barracks, 241 killed, our embassies blown up in in Lebanon and Kuwait, Cobar Towers in the mid-'90s an Air Force uh, barracks, 19 killed, 500 wounded. They have been at that all these years. And they have never stopped from that objective. So they are focusing on those modest forces in Iraq and Syria. Their second objective is to destroy the state of Israel. The administration, when they came into power, took a diplomatic effort and reversed Trump's policy. When you think of the fact that Kassim Soleimani had just been killed, and Iran was back on its heels in a way never seen in, since 1980, because the sanctions were taking a huge impact on them, and the psychological and emotional impact on the country, on its leadership, on its military, as a result of the iconic figure, Soleimani, being killed, was staggering to that country. The Biden administration came in and, without telling anybody, not telling the Congress, stopped enforcing the Trump sanctions to send a signal to the Iranian leadership that they were willing to make concessions, to go back into the nuclear deal. And then it, with the details of the deal themselves, which they went back into negotiations on, they made many concessions. The Iran kept stiffing them. Meanwhile, from that time frame all the way up, up to October the 7th, when the horrific attack uh, was made from Harass against the Israelis, the, the IRGC, the Iranian proxies, had attacked the United States 83 times since the biden administration came in and only a handful of times have we ever responded then october the 7th came and they've attacked as you indicated they've accelerated their attacks 20 times our policy diplomatic policy of appeasing iranians has been dead wrong from the beginning we have been unwilling to confront them and they know that and they take taken advantage of it this attack by Hamas against Israel, their objective to help destroy the state of Israel and continuous attack on America. They're all related. The administration takes pains to separate the two and say they're not related. They are related because of the objectives I just stated and what Iran is trying to achieve. Our response was a very weak response, and they see it as that. It will not deter... The proxies will continue to attack. As a matter of fact, the very next day, they attacked our air base in, uh, in Iraq mm-hmm. with a drone. They will continue to attack us. What we should have done, Larry, is phase one, put together a comprehensive multiple target plan to take down the proxy leadership that is in charge of attacking the American forces in Iraq and Syria kill as many of those leaders as possible, take down their command and control, destroy the rockets, missiles, and drones that they're using as offensive weapons, and destroy the logistical infrastructure. That would take multiple targets to do it. would not take a lot of time. It would send a very loud message to them. And then I would tell them, uh, if you continue, phase two would mean an attack against the IRGC training camp in in Iran, that trains Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis. In fact, Hamas was just there in September, 500 of them receiving training. And I believe me, the, the way Hamas has conducted this attack has the Iranian fingerprints all over it. One hostages, which has always been a big thing for the IRGC, never for Hamas uh, on any scale before. The imagination of using motorcycles, never before used by Hamas all the time used by other proxies working for the Iranians, uh, using uh, hang, motorized hang gliders to overcome the technology of the wall, et cetera. All fingerprints with Hamas. Take down that training camp, I would tell them, if you don't stop. And also I would put the IRGC headquarters in Iran at risk as well. I wouldn't take it down now, but I would let them know on the no uncertain terms that these are future targets if you don't stop it.
1: So General Keene, let me take a quick break here. I want to pursue this. This is so important. Um, And by the way, you have taught me well because I've been talking exactly about this uh, on the TV show and on the radio. Um, Folks, we're talking to General Jack Keene, Chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, Fox News Senior Strategic Analyst, retired four-star general, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient, uh, General Keene, we'll be right back after a quick message. I want to explore much more about this, the IRGC. Folks, I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Please stick around.
0: Larry Cudlow.